Turn your Bibles to James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. And uh, we're asking ourselves the question today that uh, are we really responsible? Are we responsible? James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. What good is it, my brother, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is out clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about this physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you, not, do you want evidence? You foolish man, do you want evidence that the faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she uh, gave lodging to the spies? and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now, faith and deeds. It's important to recognize that these two areas of our relationship with Jesus Christ go together. These faith and deeds and faith and works. Now, the message that we have and that I'm presenting this morning is... Not, uh, it's not so much about how great our faith is or even uh, the, the greatness of the deeds that we are about uh, and what we have done, but the responsibility, the responsibility we possess for our faith and the responsibility we possess for our life and the responsibility that we have for our deeds that we have uh, that follow us and what we do. So we live in a culture that does not want accountability. You know, I, I read was yesterday's paper, and 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 I um, this this article says a victim's family is dumbfounded by a plea dealt in a traffic fatality. And if you read this, there is a um, a woman in Bedford uh, County that was killed by a driver. The driver was happened to be an attorney who swerved off, who, I don't know, it doesn't say what he did or didn't do, and he went off the road and hit the lady. She was walking beside the road, and she was killed. Well, it ended up that um, it says here, my mother's life and $589, and he was let go. Now, accountability. If we were the driver, would we be held, would we want to be held accountable for being distracted and wandering off the road and, and, you know, we've all been distracted uh, and, you know, someone is killed. Are we looking at accountability and saying, oh, well, 
the attorney that, um, that was the, the driver should be held accountable? Or what about if you were the family member and it was your mother who was killed? Would you want accountability? And I don't have the answer, but it's, it's, that, it's that whole idea of what is accountability? How far does it go? Where, do, where does it begin? Who is responsible? Who is responsible for the actions? Who is responsible for the accident? Is, was she walking too close to the side of the road? Was it her fault? Was she far enough, far enough off the road and, and the, the person should not have, he should have been paying attention, he shall be, should be held accountable for this. So, you know, it goes back and forth and the argument and, and the outcome is that in this situation he paid $589 and was, had, you know, was pleaded to that and maybe some other things. Is it right or is it wrong? I don't know. Accountability. We live in a culture that uh, doesn't like accountability. We see it in the, in, in, and I like it when the, when the one person, they sued, they sued McDonald's because they had gained weight. <laughs> you saw that one? No, for obesity, they sued McDonald's because uh, they ate at McDonald's and they gained weight, so it wasn't their fault. So they were, there was a lawsuit. And then there was, there was, the, there was a lady who, um, who um, sued McDonald's. She had coffee. And when she got it, she, you know, she put it between her legs and was holding it with her, her legs. And she spilt it and burnt her legs. So she sued and she won. And so she just happened to go and do the same thing to Burger King. And she sued again. And that time the, uh, the uh, judge threw it out. But uh, the idea of accountability. Who is responsible? When does it common sense come over? Well, that's an oxymoron, common sense. Uh, there is nothing common about sense. So accountability says I need to control what goes into my mouth if I am suing McDonald's, but I have a responsibility. And the responsibility is to myself, my responsibility is to God, and I have a responsibility to others. And, and this is all about who I am, what I do, where I go. These, these, this is part of the package of our responsibility. Well, Scripture tells us to, be respond, to respond to life by rejoicing. You see, the Bible tells us to plan for your life. You know, it's like setting in motion what you're going to do when something happens. Do you ever do that with people in conversation? I know what I'm going to do when I see them again. Anybody ever do that one? You're going to pray for them and bless them and tell them how what a wonderful thing in person they are, right? Uh-huh. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, but you get the picture, you see. But the Bible tells us what we should do before the difficulty even comes. We are to rejoice always, and again I say rejoice. The Bible tells us to rejoice. Rejoice in every circumstances, in every circumstance that we are to see God in every trial. To see the hand of God in our life in every situation and to see the devil in the temptations. It is not God's desire. Now we know that it's part of who I am that we are, we are drawn away and enticed by our own um, lusts and so on. But we need to see things for what they are. And responsibility doesn't mean that I'm to blame for everything that goes on in my life and, you know, to get on the old blame game and go on the guilt trips. 
And I, I like um, to say that we don't book guilt trips here. Okay? You don't book guilt trips in church. Isn't that nice? Right, Betty? No guilt trips. I always used to tease her about that. The idea is that we don't book guilt trips. God is not interested in booking a guilt trip. He is interested in redeeming us, cleansing us, changing us, but not putting us on a guilt trip. You see, we find that we are accountable. And, and we are not... Accountability is not saying that I'm to blame for everything that goes on in the world. You know, I knew I had a problem with this one guy when I was counseling a number of years ago. Um, I knew I had a problem when this guy said... I feel responsible for the war in, in Vietnam. I oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, I, I think he's been on too many guilt trips uh, because he wasn't even in the war in Vietnam, you know. But uh, it was one of those things that, uh, you, know, he, he, you know, he was, he was booking guilt trips and he thought he might as well take that one. But some things are out of our control and some things are our responsibilities. And some people, some things are, come about in our life because of poor choices that other people have made. So we are responsible for how we respond in our faith, our deeds, our words, our works. We are responsible. Now, our faith and our works, our faith and our deeds go together. And they come together to form character. They come together to form actions and responses. They come together in our life to put things together in a healing, growing perspective. We talked about this in our Sunday school lesson this morning with David. And, you know, we studied how that in the last, David's last declaration before he died, um, he was writing about his relationship with God and his righteousness. And See, David was able to move beyond the failures in his life to allow God to work in his life as a leader and as the, the leader of the nation of Israel and as a representative of God. He had to let go of the past. Paul says this, Forgetting the things which are behind, I press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So being responsible is you and I have a responsibility to move on. In our spiritual life, we have a responsibility not to book guilt trips. We have a responsibility to allow God to forgive us and to allow his forgiveness to touch our life in such a way that we are moving on to the prize that God has for us. We each have a responsibility to move on in our lives. Now, the moving on doesn't necessarily mean changing spots, you know. You're not rearranging the chairs on the Titanic, <laughs> okay? It's not like, well, we're, it's going to sink anyhow. It doesn't matter where we put the chairs. So my life is a failure. It doesn't matter where I go or what I do. That life is life, you know, um, there is no afterlife. There's nothing more than what we got. So it's just going to be over someday anyhow. So it doesn't matter where I put the chairs. 
That's not what God tells us. That's not the responsibility or taking responsibility. That's kind of like our culture saying there's nothing beyond ourselves and we can sue everybody because I'm fat and it's not my fault. So faith and words come together to form our character, to form our actions, our deeds. And did you ever hear people say, you know, they're just down on their luck. Or it's bad karma. <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. Uh, some say they have a lot of bad luck. Well, the first thought is this. Is it bad luck or bad habits? Is it bad luck or bad choices? You know, some people continue to make the same choices. If you keep doing the same thing you've always done, you'll always get what you already got. Thank you. God confirmed that. <laughs> If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you already got. Okay? So bad luck is nothing more than bad choices. And the reason that it continues to haunt you is that you keep making the same choices. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, we are slaves to habits. You know, how many got up today the same time you always get up on Sundays? Five minutes before church. Okay, no. <laughs> how, many got, how many do the same thing every Sunday? All right, why? Because it's habit. You know, if you start with a habit, you know that it gets generally where you want to be. You know, you don't have the habit of running around with a metal rod in a lightning storm, you know, because you wouldn't be here if you did. But, um, so, we have habits, and we are habits. We drive, we do, and, and, and habits are okay, as long as they're good habits. Like reading the Bible, praying, setting a time aside to pray. Those are good habits, and we need to create good habits and become slaves to them, because you're going to create habits. So, we might as well make good ones. Now, bad things can happen. All right? Bad things can happen. You can buy a new car, drive down the road, and get a flat tire. That can happen. But if you're driving on tires that are almost bald, <laughs> and they're underinflated or overinflated, and you get a flat tire, that's not bad luck. <laughs> that's a bad choice. <laughs> okay? Now, it's bad luck whenever you leave your house and go on vacation and, uh, and it burns down <laughs> because a gas line broke or something and it burns down. That's bad luck. But it's a bad choice whenever you don't fix the leaky roof and you, uh, you know, uh, left, the, left, the, left the water on, left the gas on or whatever, and you just, you know, bad choices and it eventually caught up to you. It's bad luck to get laid off from a job when people above you made bad choices. But it's a bad choice and a bad habit to be late for work every day and display 
shabby, shabby workmanship and have a bad attitude that you got yourself fired. <laughs> so that's not bad luck, that's bad habits and bad choices. So how often do we call something bad luck when it's really the result of bad habits? And why is that bad choices? We don't like responsibility. Faith and works go together. Our faith must be seen in what we do. Our faith must be seen in how we do it. Be faithful in the small things, and God will reward you. You see, our Christian life is, is a relationship with Jesus Christ, is the forgiveness of sins, but it's also part of how the God works in us and how the God works in our character. God works in, in, in how, how is God going to reward us if we don't take responsibility for who we are? You know, how is God going to bless our life if we're not responsible for our actions? You know, how can we pray and ask God to bless our efforts if we're not responsible for our efforts? If things go wrong, we say, well, it's just bad luck. So if something goes right, what do we say? Oh, that's good luck. Why would God get any honor and glory out of that? There was a person who was passed over for a job, and the individual who passed the person over who was doing the interview said, it's too bad, because with a few good choices, that guy could be doing very well. <laughs> a few good choices. Is it bad luck, bad habits, or bad choices? You see, one man declared, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So if you want a little good luck, make some good choices and develop some good habits. Now, I said all of that. That's the introduction. <laughs> Not really, but I said all of that to, to say that rewards await us. Rewards. How, and, and the idea is how do you set yourself up to receive God's blessing? How do you create the atmosphere in which God can bless your life? God wants to reward us and God wants to bless us. But we have a responsibility to trust God and to, work and to, and to put our faith into actions that causes our actions to overflow into our deeds. And in the scripture that we read with James, it says... You know, a guy comes to you and, and, and uh, doesn't have any food and you, you say, God bless you and, and may you be full and walk away and do nothing. You've done, you haven't changed. That you've, you've, you have not only withheld blessing from that individual, from your life, but you have closed the door for blessing to come into your life. You see, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. <laughs> and do you know what that means? In a desert community, rain is the biggest blessing of all. And God's goodness falls on the righteous as well as the non-righteous. Because the rain isn't just ruining the day. The, ru the rain is a, is a blessing for life. And so when the scriptures talk about that, it's talking about how the God blesses people 
that deserve it and blesses people that don't deserve it. Not in our eyes. So the rewards await you. As you make, some, as you make good choices, as you develop good habits, you see, when ownership of our lives, how do we know when we have ownership? Ownership of our lives comes when we bring our life to God. Ownership of our life comes whenever we pray about the decisions that we are making. If you are going to make a decision, then we pray and ask God for guidance. That's telling, that's telling us, telling yourself and telling God, I am responsible for the decisions I am going to make. I need your guidance. That's whenever, whenever we pray about something, we are declaring ownership of it. If we say it's not my responsibility and it's, you know, I'm depending on the karma and luck and everything else, who are we going to give credit to for the answer? 2 John 1.8 says, look to yourselves. It's a very interesting comment here. It says, look to yourselves so you don't lose out on what we've worked so diligently together for or that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. So look to yourselves whenever you are going to receive the full reward. Look to yourselves is to take heed to examine. Watch out for yourself. Watch, take heed, examine. Look to yourselves. These choices are going to be to make us, excuse me, these choices are going to take us someplace. Every choice we make, we are here by choice, not by chance. And we are preparing for our life-defining moment. Life-defining moments. Now, think about this. If you're on a cruise ship and you are headed to a port somewhere, all along the way they are making, the, the engine is running and they are making rudder adjustments to get the ship to the, the, the port. And if the port is the life-defining moment, then all through the course we have been making adjustments. Every little decision we make is making course adjustments that is taking us to a life-defining moment. And God is about bringing us to those moments of blessing and reward. And if we pay attention to all those course adjustments that God is making in our life, attitudinal, responsibility, you know, things we do, things we say, places we go, faith and works coming together, as we pay attention to those, we're making adjustments to bring us to port to that life-defining moment. If there is a full reward then it stands the reason there's a partial reward and even no reward. God wants to bring us to look to yourself and to recognize that there is a full reward. We as Christians will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and be rewarded. Teach that each may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. It's not about luck. It's about choices. It's about faith and deeds. And, 
and the second, First Timothy 4, 8, and I'll close with this. Godliness is profitable. <laughs> We're not going anywhere anyhow. It's raining too hard. <laughs> so you might as well be in here. <laughs> Godliness is profitable for all things. God desires to reward us. God desires to reward us. Godliness is profitable. His desire is to bring good things into our lives. So we ask ourselves the question, how can God be honored and bless us when we're not responsible for our lives? How can God bless our lives if we are always taking guilt trips and blaming and, and shrugging responsibility? Or if we're taking blame for things that we've never done and have no responsibility over. So as we bring our faith and our deeds together, we find ourselves in a place where we are making choices and God wants to reward us and so we pray, God, direct my choice. Direct my thoughts. Direct my hands, my feet, the words I say, things I do, God, direct them. Because this is your body, your temple. I am the dwelling place of God. And I desire to bless others through you. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I am responsible. My faith my works, my deeds, they come together. And God has told me to rejoice. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm sitting down and focus on where I'm going, no matter what happens, I'm going to rejoice because I know God is in control of my life and the circumstances that I face. And he will give me the wisdom and he will give me the guidance that I need to make the right choice. And I must trust him when it doesn't look like it is good. I must trust him that God is at work to reward me because God isn't about punishing. He's about rewarding us, rewarding his people. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you say, it's hot? <laughs> it's, say amen. Amen. Let's all stand, shall we? I'm going to hopefully follow up, hopefully follow up because I may change my mind, but follow up with this and how that God will honor how we find a place of, of, of taking what's going on in our life and honoring God and how that God responds to that and how that God is at work in us. So first, it, it starts by seeing this, this, what we brought out today, that it's not about blame, it's about that I am responsible for my life, but I'm also responsible for bringing my life to God and allowing God to bless me and to, and to open my life that he can pour out his blessing, pour his blessing into my life.